When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. FMC Fast Chat takes you inside the news so you can be in the know in 30 minutes. Hosted by Fair Media Council CEO and Executive Director Jackie Clement, Fast Chat features notables in news, media, and business. Hi, this is Jackie Clement of the Fair Media Council. Thank you for joining us for this episode of FMC Fast Chat. This is part of a series we're doing that focuses on local news across America. And we're doing it by talking directly to the people who are working in local news. So today's episode, we take you to Alaska to talk with Deanna Hicker, who's the editor of the Gnome Nugget, which is Alaska's oldest newspaper. Deanna, first, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me here. So I'm thinking for those of us like me who have never been to Alaska, if you can start out by giving us a little bit of what is it like to live there? What do people do? How many people are in Nome? We have a population of about three and a half thousand um, residents here in Nome. And um, when we talk about Alaska, Alaska, Alaska is huge. Yeah. So Southeast is different from where we are. For example, we're in uh, closer to the Arctic. And uh, for right now, there's still sea ice uh, in front of Nome. So there's, uh, you know, we're still icebound. Uh, snow on the ground. We still have uh, below freezing temperatures now here on May 4th. And uh, it's a place where you can only get to by uh, airplane. We're not on the road system. So we're a very rural region, even of, in a rural state. So we have a, um, you know, a constituency in our newspaper that includes uh, villages around us, uh, 15 communities that are then for even further rural. And they also can only be reached by bush plane and snow machines sometimes. Um, so the trails are kind of going down. The, mm. these days because the snow is melting uh, pretty fast but we had a huge amount of snow so we you know weather plays a huge part in our everyday life and how you know how we truck along doing business basically yeah um so it's it's a place where we have a diverse uh, population here of Inupiaq uh, Siberian Yupik and Central Yupik people uh, in Nome. Mm -hmm. and, uh, further up north, it's more the Inupiaq people on um, the island of St. Lawrence Island. Uh, that's the Siberian Yupik culture. And then further south of us, uh, it's it's uh, predominantly um, Yupik and Inupiaq. So we have distinct cultures and distinct languages. Mm -hmm. And um, and then of course other people who come here and um, have settled in Nome since 1900 when it first became a city. Okay, all right. Uh, and when and when did the Nome Nuggets start publishing? Uh, 
that's a million dollar question. <laughs> um, officially recognized by the um, like the Alaska State Library is about 1900. Okay. Uh, there are claims of 1897, um, but you know everybody kind of agrees on 1900. So we're okay. 123 years old now. Okay. All right. Now, as you were describing Nome, I just want to ask you two things that just popped into my mind. One, I'm wondering, you know, what happens in in times of emergency, like to get to a hospital or if you need medical attention, what do you do? And two, how do you just get grease? Is that difficult? Um, sometimes. <laughs> so we uh, there is a health corporation here um, that is established by the um, Indian Health Service. And that is owned by twenty tribes. So there's uh, there's some healthcare service, but not so. Basically, it's a trauma hospital. If you get injured or hurt, and then from there on out, uh, you'll be medevaced to in an emergency by bush or by a plane uh, to Anchorage, where which is about six hundred miles air miles away from us, about a thousand land miles. I see. Or other like. You know, maintenance services. We we have a dentist. Uh, we have two uh, eye doctors, mm-hmm. in addition, and we have you know, like I said, that these uh, for non-emergencies, there's doctors in the hospital that okay. will treat you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not that bad. But um, like pregnant ladies, they are encouraged to go to Anchorage and have their baby okay. because there's no one here who can. Um, administer anesthesia so okay it's only you know you get patched up and then off you go on the medevac i see okay and what so, about just general shopping groceries food groceries um there are two stores in town here you know prices are since everything has to be brought in here by airplane or barge okay it's, uh transportation is very expensive especially since the uh gas prices went up so um the stores they're pretty well stocked no complaints but if we have weather events or if the airport is the runway is being fixed up and there's weather at the same time um if we have delays of planes coming in uh beyond four days the the shelves go bare but 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 Mm -hmm. we have um, a culture here that's basically a mixed cash and subsistence economy okay. where uh, people go out and hunt uh, moose. It, of course, it's all regulated, mm-hmm. but there's a very thriving subsistence culture going on um, of people harvesting fish uh, in the summertime, salmon, okay. and then uh, marine mammals. That's traditional foods here because in the villages, the stores are really. Uh, horrendously expensive uh, the items they sell there and they're not very wholesome foods you know yeah. so uh, it's it's a common thing where people go out and hunt whatever is in season and supplement their diet with you know good wholesome wild foods so how did you end up there because you're not originally from the area no I came here from Hawaii and I met my husband here, who was a dog musher, and you know, sled dogs don't do so great in Hawaii. And 
We have a kennel. My husband, he's actually working in the advertising department. He's running the business side side of the Gnome Nugget. And I am uh, the editorial department head here with uh, the editor and just, you know, running the newsroom. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the newspaper. Are you the only newspaper for the area that you serve? Yes. And have you always been the only one? Uh, no, the Gnome Nugget went through several iterations since 1900, from uh, the Gnome Chronicle to the semi-weekly to the tri-weekly to the daily to back the tri-weekly to the Gnome Nugget then to the daily back. And um, so there were several iterations, but it was always a consistent like um, ownership, basically. There were other newspapers that mm-hmm. came and went. But we're the last one standing, you know, went from a daily to a tri-weekly to a semi-weekly and now back to a weekly. Uh, and we th- there was a, a competitor in the early 90s, and that was not very long around the Bering Strait record. And uh, so ever since then, we are the only newspaper in an area that is huge, the entire Seward Peninsula plus part of Norton Sound or Norton Sound down to the Yukon Delta. Okay. So it's an area of almost, you know, I think it's bigger than Delaware. Okay. It's huge. Yeah. And um, so we, we're serving them as best as we can. With, we report the news on what is happening in our ecosystem, which is undergoing just a dramatic uh, change by climate, through climate change. And then, of course, we're, we are Alaska's neighbor to uh, Russia, mm-hmm. and we are the closest to Russia, the Bering Strait region. We report on whatever's going on, you know, in terms of relationships, in terms of people running away from Russia and yeah. ending up in our area here. So a lot of things to report on. Okay. So in addition to weather and climate change, what what are the other big issues for the people living there? Of course, city government. That's all. Like we doggedly go to pretty much every meeting um, that the city government Mm -hmm. controls, like um, council meetings, planning commission, port commission, school boards, utilities meetings and so on so that is like we just do that because it needs to be done yeah. so we try to have a report in each one of those of course we're doing crimes and court mm-hmm. um education reporting a big one is the uh sports of course high school sports um and they are quite interesting because in addition to you know the regular basketball and volleyball and uh, we have skiing, um, and we also have no um, Native Youth Olympics. It's called NYO Games. Those are games uh, that are very Arctic specific, of, uh, from you know the Native population mimicking some games that were that relate to hunting out on the sea ice. And um, oh, I see. Just they're very super athletic, and it's uh, they're awesome to watch. <laughs> so we have a uh, very, very unique, uh, and of course we have dog marching. So yeah. Nome is the uh, end of the Iditarod Trail sled dog race. Um, that's a thousand mile uh, dog race from Willow to Nome. We're the end point of it. So that's always very exciting when the dogs come in and 
Yeah. Now, when is Iditarod season for you? March. March. Right. And I imagine you're extremely busy then, news-wise, covering that. Yep. Yep. And that's you know that's a fun part. That's like, um, of course, that makes it even more fun because we're being dark marshes ourselves. Okay. We see things with uh, different eyes than just a regular reporter. Okay. Who doesn't really know what they're looking at and. You know, we have like a more expert set of eyes on things. I see. Can you give me an idea how climate change has changed the Iditarod from what you see there? We see that breakup is happening earlier and, you know, marshes have to contend with more crazy storms at the end of the race. Oh, okay. And also um, and more precipitation and just it makes it warmer for dogs to run. Oh. So- the mushers time it so that they rest their dogs in the heat of the day and they prefer to run early morning, early evening, and then at night. I see. So the dogs don't overheat. Uh, it's just easier for, for the animals to run yeah. uh, that hot. Other topics for the Gnome Nugget are we have a, um Arctic port that is about to be built here. Okay. And uh, we have mining issues and finding proposals mm-hmm. that um, we cover uh, big time mines that are proposed to be um, put in here next you know next to norm we have um, the ecological disaster kind of hitting us through climate change with um, harmful algal blooms okay. different fish distributions and also the avian flu there's a lot of big issues that are complex mm-hmm. and not easy to write about, like more sciencey stuff, uh, which which is really hard to convey because sometimes we have huge stories that break, like about things that we didn't even know are a thing. Like for example, there was um, a few years ago, um, scientists came back from a science cruise and they said that they couldn't find the cold pool, and we're like what the heck is the cold pool, you know, never heard of it. So it's uh, a very complex thing where cold water changes the salinity and kind of brings down a curtain so that certain fish, they're like, ah, that's too cold for me. I'm not going there. Oh, okay. Turn away. So Mm -hmm. when the scientists couldn't find that cold pool anymore, there was a um, bigger fish distribution of fish that we usually didn't see here. There was a whole shift in what's going on in the ocean. We keep track of that here. These really earth-shaking news items that are very complex to write about and thus don't really make big waves, uh, unlike other stories that are more simple and mm. they go viral. And I'm constantly wondering why you know we're breaking news that are really significant and people just you know like other news outlets don't really understand what we're talking about and don't pick up on it and like come on get a follow-up on that at least now would you say that's always been an issue we talk about you know there being less journalists working and just cutbacks in news overall across the board i mean we focus a lot on the on the cuts to hyperlocal but the reality is national news has let people go you know, we see lots of holes happening on, on different levels everywhere. 
So from your perspective, have you seen those holes growing or you've always had this issue because of where you are? We just came back from Alaska Press Club week. We Every um, end of April, uh, the Alaska Press Club organizes a conference and they give out their awards. And guess what? We just won Best Weekly. For Congratulations. This, this year, last year too. But um, so I think Alaska is doing okay on journalists. Okay. Uh, well, we're so used to we're so used to making do with a bare minimum. You know, if there's a live body sitting into a in a radio station, that's awesome. You know, we're like, oh, you, yeah, good for yes. you. But um, newspapers, there's far in between, that's for sure. So I think um, when I talk about the larger news outlets not paying attention to like these big issues is uh, I have no idea because they do have resources that we don't have. I can only explain that with the fact that those are really complex issues. Okay. And they don't really um, impact those people in the lower 48 or in urban Alaska as much as they impact our subsistence cultures here, right here, who, who go hungry. You know, if the sea ice doesn't come, with a walrus, so usually it's like a conveyor belt where in the springtime um, the ice melting or the ice moving north uh, from the Russian side is like a conveyor belt bringing the walrus with them as they migrate up north. Okay. And if that doesn't happen, uh, there are certain communities who, who are specializing in walrus hunting and they go hungry if they cannot find get their catch in for the year. Okay. So, yeah, they do care. And, yeah, we explain why this is happening and yeah. what's going on. We have, a, you know, like a sea ice outlook. We have a, a column in, uh, on our, in our paper every week uh, that keeps an eye on uh, climate, on the weather, summarizes weather events. Hmm. That's really, really important for us. Okay. Storms. Last year, we had, an, in September, a 100-year storm that kind of made national news. Um, Murbach, who that just basically devastated uh, several communities here and just washed away. Yeah, that was quite horrible. Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, tell me a little bit about, you know, talking, talking to uh, people across the country, there's always one or two issues that seem to be an issue everywhere, no matter where I speak to people. One of which is, and and tell me if it's an issue for you or not, or how this factors in, affordable housing <laughs> and taxes. Yeah, taxes. Okay, so first to taxes, we I just last night came out of the Board of Equalization meeting here in Nome. The assessment letters went out assessments went up for a good reason. Um, everyone is up in arms, but this will all be solved because the council probably is not going to mill rate as they have now. So anyway, taxes, yeah. Well, we're this area is a very economically deprived area, so we're high poverty rate. Okay. The taxes are like, one, Alaska doesn't have an income tax, so it's not really a big 
deal here, the taxes. We have a sales tax the city has and the property tax. Okay. But you know, people living in um in the villages there's no um sales tax, I don't think, in the mm-hmm. municipalities. So what what drives a lot of, you know, Alaskan uh politics talk is the so called PFD, that's the permanent fund dividend. Um, because oil oil riches were put into a, a fund. Okay. A permanent fund, which is then reinvested and the investments are that was the idea to save something for a rainy day. And every year um Alaskans get a share of that the earnings of that fund. Okay. So those things were great when, you know, the oil was flowing and we could tax the uh, you know get a lot of taxes uh from oil to pay for state services but since the oil kind of the price decreased uh now the state finds itself hurting for money to pay for services okay. and um so they're kind of every year the debate since 2010 2009 is like do we dip into the permanent fund and um take money from that to pay for state services. So that's always like a huge discussion because everyone wants their permanent fund, right? So, um, or the dividend, I should say. So that's a big deal. And then housing is a very, very big deal. And that's like everywhere. You can just cannot find good housing. You have to, and that drives up the um, assessment rates for houses that do sell. Mm -hmm. And that, in my opinion, just exacerbates the whole housing situation because uh, the higher the value, the less people can afford it. And, you know, those who can, they will, there will always be those people who can uh, buy a house that's maybe just worth 150 They put down 300 because there's just such a, a demand for very scarce housing. So we have solved that in a way for us because we have a hard time recruiting reporters from our community unfortunately so i have to bring in reporters the lower 48 okay and um and we had to build our own housing i see so we have two houses for mm-hmm. reporters which of course that's quite a investment for yeah, so what am I going to do? No, it's it's actually very innovative for you to be doing that. But now tell me a little bit about your staff. How many people do you have working to cover these kinds of issues? Yeah, um, so we have a, um advertising manager who's married to me, so <laughs> we give him housing. <laughs> then, then we have a full-time super reporter here. She's right next door. We actually bought a cabin, had it moved from out of town to here, totally refurbished, remodeled, put in everything new. Um, so that's where she and her husband live in now. And then I'm currently looking for a second reporter okay. who, who we have housing for. Okay. And then we have a distribution crew who they, they live here. So they're doing this part-time just on a Wednesday when the paper comes off the plane. And uh, then we have a our typesetter, or she used to be typesetter that now it's uh you know recording 
um, court information uh, trooper beat. So she's uh, collecting um, material for us and typing uh, stuff still for us. And she's been with us for 30 years now. I'm really lucky to have her still around. And then then we have a freelancer who, you know, reports on the fun, like the drama club play at the school, you know, things that are, you know, we don't get around to do, but that, that are still important for this community. And she does some sport reporting too, yeah. And what about the business side? How are you managing to pay the bills? Is it mostly, are you relying on subscriptions or advertising or some folks are doing special events? We're seeing all sorts of things happening. Yeah, um, it's mostly advertising. We have not raised our subscription rates or, our, you know, it's still the paper goes for 50 cents. We distribute it to all village stores here and have outlets in Anchorage as well. Knock on wood, but we, I mean, we always have this uphill fight of, uh, you know, public notices like, you know, people are starting to um, advertise their events or their positions or their um, requests for proposals on social media, or we have a listserv here called No Announce that is not passing the legal test of what is a public notice. So we're constantly, uh, you know, knocking on doors saying like, no, you cannot do that. You cannot just put it on an obscure government website and hope people find that that's not public notice. You're not serving the public doing that. You might be checking a box, but you're not serving the public. And, um, you know, we're all about service. I mean, that's li- at least that's what I tell my people here. It's like we're we're servicing this community here. We're not, it's okay, it's nice when we get awards, but we're not writing for awards. Yeah. We serve these people, our community. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so it's a mix of subscriptions, uh, advertising, advertising and um, paper sales. Okay, all right. And as far as delivery, is it only to the stores or do you, is it home delivery or via mail or anything like that? It's a it's a mix. So we have no home delivery. So the our cycle is we you know Monday Tuesdays are deadline days. We put the paper together here in Nome. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we put it on the cloud, and the printer in Anchorage, again a thousand miles south, is printing it and um, on Wednesday mornings, and then puts most of the papers on the plane to Nome. Okay. And every Wednesday, you hope it, the planes are flying and the weather is good and no volcanoes are breaking, you know, like spewing ash in the air. And, you know, like there's a lot of millions of parts that move yeah. to get papers here. And then uh, the papers get here and our distribution crew pick them up from the airport, take them to a different terminal, uh, some of them to the village store. So... Gamble gets 50, Savunga gets 50, you know, Elam gets 30. So they they uh, wrap them up and put them on a bush plane, and the rest goes to the gnome stores and here to the gnome nugget for sale. Another part is not leaving Anchorage, is going directly from the printer to a um, mailing service, and they imprint the subscribers on the paper and send them out from there. Okay. So that so, they don't have to come here to know just to be flown back to 
down south. All right, got it. So given how complicated all of that is, how important is your website to people? Or do they not really log on? I don't know what internet access is like there. Um, it improved. We have, we're now connected to a fiber optic cable that runs actually from London down to Tokyo. And they build a spur to Nome. And I think with Kiavik. And I want to say one more community, but I'm not sure. So uh, we got into that um, broadband action which improved it but again the communities around us they have fickle communication services i would think so yeah and then or weeks on end we go without even being able to call a little diamond which is right smack in the middle of the bering strait okay and uh two miles away from big diamond which is russian so um they're in the most extreme spot on earth, I think. So there's um, very little communication going on. And then now there's, you know, Starlink, where they can actually set up uh, those little satellites or, uh, you know, antennas. And that seems to be working quite well. So, but it's not like in the lower 48 where you have like your, you know, your glued to, well, people already glued to their phones, but it's, um, you know, people still like pizza. Got it. Where's my paper? Yeah, it's still, you know, people still clip photos of their kids out and put them on the refrigerator. And so I do think that a lot of people outside of Gnome, we have a lot of those subscribers who uh, read the nugget online. Okay. Our readers in the region, I think, still rely heavily on the paper. I see. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, so we only have one airline like that has jet service to Nome, it's Alaska Airlines. Okay. And um, you know, we're pretty much at the mercy of if they load up the paper on their flights or not and there's what we have one champion at Alaska Airlines in the cargo office and if she's not there, I'm you know, calling and where are they? And, Oh, they will be there on Saturday. I'm like, no, it's Wednesday. They gotta be, you know, put yeah. them on the plane. That's that. It's newspapers on Saturday. It's not news anymore. But, um, you know, I think you gave us really a great overview of what's happening there. Um, I have one final question for you, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, given all of this just how convoluted everything is and how hard it is to attract journalists there and the weather and the lifestyle and all of that and the stress of putting out a weekly newspaper, you know, cause that's not easy. Why do you do it? Well, I've been a reporter all my life. I think that's, I'm, I'm supposed to do that. And, um, I came to Nome in 2002 just as two reporters were leaving here, the owner then, she was like, like this, and she's like, okay, can can you start like right now? I'm like, sure, okay. So I, I grew really fond of the Gnome Nugget and what we all do here, you know, what we all achieve and what this whole um, Nugget is all about in terms of serving 
a readership that otherwise maybe wouldn't have the context that we provide to news because we don't so we don't have any national news or any you know people can pick that up so elsewhere we're really reporting on news that are affecting people's lives right here the Fair Media Council is a 501c3 nonprofit organization advocating for quality news and working to create a media savvy society. For more information about the Fair Media Council and upcoming fast chat shows, check out fairmediacouncil.org. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.